You guys, welcome to Between the Gloves. Today we have a great podcast, hopefully. We've got some great people here. And uh, we've got Justin Wetzel from, uh, yeah, he just fought AFL. He's one of our instructors here at Total Fitness Kickboxing. We've got Eric McMahon, who was the founder, is the founder of Total Fitness Kickboxing, former fighter himself, and... What a what a loaded group here! I feel a little inferior here, and uh, in 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 the in the midst of fighters. So <laughs> don't worry, Kent. We'll drag you across the finish line. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Please and thank you. Hey, before we get really rolling here, let me pay the bills with a couple sponsors here, real quick. As everyone knows, the market is really hot right now. So if you're looking to buy your dream home or sell one, well, I recommend you reach out to my good friend and member of TFK. Molly McKinney, co-owner of Remax of Cherry Creek. Molly has been a realtor for well over a decade. She's a consistent top producer, and she prides herself on integrity over sales. If you know anything about Molly, you know she has a ton of energy. She's 100% professional. As an added bonus, Molly has a degree in interior design, which really comes in handy when you're buying and selling, if you know what I mean. Check out rmcherrycreek.com or contact Molly at 303-809-809. 0134. You know, oftentimes people don't know how to start their fitness journey. And although they know that eating right is part of it, the question what to eat and when can be overwhelming. Health coach Shanette Hernandez has been there. And now her goals are to provide guidance to help you create good, consistent habits that will help you become the best version of yourself. Contact my friend Shanette today for her three day starter kit at 720-412-8940 or find her on Instagram and Facebook. Justin, thanks for being here. He's about to, we're going to get rolling on this because he's got to instruct here in a few minutes. Uh, Eric is in Arizona visiting and so he's in his car, not in his studio back home. He actually does a podcast uh, with the, uh, um, tell, tell us real quick, I, I don't want to murder this. Yeah, so I have a, a MMA podcast uh, sweeping the nation, the world for that matter. It's yes. called Cage Side with John Morgan. If anybody is a diehard MMA fan, they will know the name John Morgan. John Morgan is maybe outside of Ariel Hawani is the biggest MMA journalist in the world. He's also affectionately coined the first question guy. If you ever watch any UFC broadcast or um, – press conference interview he's always the guy that asks like the first 20 questions and then the other peasant journalists maybe get one in (laughs) but uh it's really cool he has a direct line to the ufc direct line to dana white and he's really just an almanac of the sport and so me and him uh we have a really good podcast drops every monday called the cage shot with john morgan you can see it on youtube uh spotify apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts awesome that's a great intro yeah. So and we actually just had Glover Teixeira on last week. So I mean, we have some we have some heavy hitters. Come on. There you go. A little plug for for that podcast for sure. So check that out. We've got Justin here. Uh, like I said, he has fought recently, and these guys were just talking before we uh, hit record here. So I want to go back just a little bit to this conversation, uh, Justin. I, I, four weeks ago today. Yeah. Right fought and uh in in a uh, heartbreaking loss uh it was what well, we were all watching at home and just you know watching you dominate the ring 
and the cage and and then off all of a sudden a uh, out of the yeah man. out of the blue random that's a sport though right it's uh i mean it's easy to say that but then when you experience it in real time it is really that fast like <laughs> things change so fast in the game like and i don't even want to call it a game cuz you know it's lights out the game's over but yeah it uh things can go from really good really well your confidence is feeling great like you're gonna win this and then uh there's a black screen for a quick second like maybe a half second and then there's like a ref in front of your face and you're like what are you doing to get like get away from me i'm fine i'm fine but like, like no dude you weren't fine for a second there yeah yeah it's, fun- it's interesting it's funny, you- it's funny you say that justin because um what a lot of people well a lot of people do know and 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 what a lot of people don't know is i'm actually a, a licensed referee um you know abc trained i'm 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 uh I'm licensed by the commission in many states. I've I've ref pay-per-view cards. I've ref uh, all over. And the turn of a dime in these fights, and and what a fighter thinks is a split second where they're hurt, it's really could be 10, 12 unanswered blows. But for anybody that's been knocked unconscious before, I being one of them included, is you you go into this zone of where time does not exist yeah and it could be a half a second or it could be two minutes you really don't know and a lot of times you come out of it completely aware minus that 30 seconds of your life (laughs) that's scary accurate man that's the best way because i i replay that moment like so often in my head like like how did it happen this and that like i remember right before the strike and then like ref in my face like what do you mean and i was also like you know kind of knocked down too so i was like halfway on the ground against the cage like i thought i was i didn't realize i was like almost on the ground right you know like you said time didn't exist yeah so a lot of times when uh i'll jump in and you know i've been i've been real fortunate to ref some high level fights i've ref many guys on their way up to the ufc i've left uh i've i've refed a number of bryce mitchell fights um, you know, one of my, some of my latest fights, I, uh, Pat Sabatini between, before he got into the UFC, I, I refed his fight that got him into the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll ref a lot for, uh, uh, a promotion called cage fury fighting championships. Yep. Um, a lot of people just call it fury. Um, and they're on UFC fight passes as well. But, um, man, it's crazy because a lot of times a fighter will either one get knocked, knocked out and or just kind of get their bell rung and they don't really realize the damage that they have taken until maybe they watch it back. I'll have to jump in because my, as a referee, my number one priority is not to protect any feelings is to protect brain cells. Right. And, and so, um, when I deem it unintelligently defending yourself, I'll jump in where that fighter in a split second, they'll come back to, and they'll be like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm like, well, you may be fine now, but you don't realize what just happened in the last, you know, the last exchange or the last 30 seconds. And if I were to have allowed it to continue, it could have been major, major problems, permanent major problems. But in that moment, it doesn't matter to you, say, like, Justin, it doesn't matter to you because you were on, you were really kind of maybe just knocked loopy and you you really didn't know so a lot of times the referee will get a, a a lot of the blame where 
you know, hindsight being 2020, it probably was a really good idea to stop that when we did. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I watched it back and like, you know, instantly when you see the stoppage, it's like, okay, if he didn't stop, it was a great stoppage for sure. If he didn't stop it, he would have, you know, teed off on me 10, 20 more. Yeah. It would have been bad. Like it would have been instead of like waking up instantly, like something that put me to sleep for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I watching it. I thought I wondered what he would say when he came back, and when I saw him again in person, I I, I literally was was like, man, he he looks upset. He looks like he's been, I mean, just like this was just taken away from him on you know without reason. And so I I, I wondered what he, you know, when you first came in, you're like, yeah, totally the right call. I was like, wow, okay, that was your first response. That was your that was what you came back with and, and, and took away from this. So that was really interesting to me because I just saw the pain on your face. Oh, yeah. You know, when they raised his hand, I was like, oh, I can just see. Oof. That was just devastating to you. And, you know, but that it shows your character. It shows that you're in this for the right reasons and that, you know, that, that you're that you look at this intelligently and you're not just a beast that, uh, you know, either or wins or, or, or dies, you know, mm-hmm. and that, uh, you know, you attack this as a as a sport and instead of, you know, an emotional type of. I don't know, <laughs> driven by emotion thing. Sure. So. Yeah, but you know, I got I've got great reviews from other people in the business. Um, Todd Romero, who we've had on here before, just said nothing but but you know sung your praises. And I spoke with him right after that. He said the same thing. That's the name of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I called him and said, "Yeah, he lost." Well, he goes, "Yeah, that's 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 the sport." And but so be before that and after that, what are your thoughts before? I mean, you're you're you went into this thinking what? Um, I didn't I didn't put any pressure on myself, but I, I knew uh, if I went in, I guess not. No, but I felt like if I uh, went in there, did a good job, uh, finished my opponent, I probably would have been on the list to, uh, you know, get called up short notice for something, something major major league whether it's bellator ufc something bigger than regional mma something that i've been chasing you know since i started this um so with that in mind i wasn't putting pressure on myself i uh, i had a really good uh really good warm-up i felt really confident going in everything was going as prepared great weight cut uh great people behind me uh into the fight itself um I was really flowing. I felt good. And like I was saying earlier, um, my confidence was sky high. Um, and then cut to dark. And then it's over afterwards, of course. There's, uh, you know, just tons of crying, emotion, right? Feeling it's devastating. It's the worst feeling ever, man. It's It, it, it couldn't feel so amazing winning, right? If it didn't feel so, so terrible, like losing, right? Like it's you can't have one without the other. Uh, but looking back at the fight, um, not to sound arrogant, I guess. I guess there's like things I could nitpick. Maybe um, right before, right before the knockout sequence occurred, I like checked one of his kicks, and he like reacted to it. It was like the third time I checked his kick. But uh, you know how it is, Eric. Like when the fight's going with adrenaline, you know you keep the poker face. But he like made like the wincing like motion, did like a little 360 because I checked his kick. I'm like, oh, his legs toasted, like. 
it's fine. It's hurt. So I attacked it. I threw a low kick and then I threw another low kick naked, no hands behind it, no nothing. Just threw it. He threw a jab at the same time. Um, it didn't like hurt me, but I was on one foot. So it knocked me off balance. I get up, scramble up to my feet and he throws like a jumping knee punch, punch lands, drops, fights over. Um, maybe I could not rush that scenario more, right? Like, Oh, you hurt his leg. Okay, let's just like touch, work to that instead of just trying to attack it again right away, which led to that scenario. So I mean, that's I think the biggest. I thing mean, to he, take away. here's the thing. Here's the thing, Justin. Yeah. And like, I you're coming from nitpicking, yeah. but let's look at like I don't want to call what you did on a micro scale because your micro scale could have sure. led to a macro scale being called up, right? But it is the name of the game, and I'll I'll give you the prime example is Kamaru Usman versus Leon Edwards. Oh, man. <laughs> right? Dude. Kamaru Usman, arguably the greatest welterweight in the history of MMA. You know, arguably saying maybe George St. Pierre, but they're definitely 1A, 1B, right? He is dominating Leon Edwards for, well, outside of the first round, right. which he didn't even take any damage, but he argue, he lost the first round. He dominates 2, 3, 4, and four and a half minutes of round five just to then get his lights put out by a sneaky, very well set up high kick. Yep. And, and, and you know what? I mean, I guarantee you Kamara Usman's going back and saying, well, if could, woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? But at the end of the day, you're a grown man going against another grown man throwing live rounds at each other. And when I say live rounds, I don't think people really understand that haven't been in that in that like pressure cooker before or haven't been put in the fire that they might not hurt in the moment, but it, it literally zap, it, it, it zaps you. It becomes <laughs> a, so a, a, it becomes a paralyzing thing where your your mind can't catch up to your body. Or your, I'm saying your body can't catch up to your mind a lot of times. And or you don't even know what happened and how you even got in this situation. And so I say all that to say this is looking back, I mean, experience only makes you better. And they say if you, you know, you win some or you, you know, you you win some or you learn or whatever. That's all crap, right? Yes, you either win some you. or you lose one, right? You lost one. But what you could take out of that is, okay, next next time I might not rush it, and I'll be a little more statistically, uh, you know, analytically about throwing those leg kicks, definitely not throwing them blind. As a ref, I can tell you, I probably see more knockouts off of people throwing naked leg kicks, you know, other yeah. than, you know, even, even just even pawn that jab out there. Like you look at Leon Edwards with that head kick knockout, he threw a faint jab into a head kick just to disguise it. You know what I mean? So it, it is the name of the game. Hey, listen, the only one guy I know that retired undefeated is Habib Namagamedov, right? So yep. let's uh, let's um, just uh, kind of, I guess temper expectations, you know, with with knowing what what really could lie ahead still. Well, of course, just gotta. I took a little bit of damage with the drop. My ankle kind of did like the crow cop Gonzaga thing. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, not, nothing too major. It's still recouping. But I just gotta get back. Uh, you know, get another two wins in a row or something and be right back where I was. It's just all there is to it. That's what I was just well, going to ask. Question, and I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want to jump on your, on your toes here. Or, um, but where do you go from there? I mean, because you fought on UFC Fight Pass, right? That's, you know, essentially a pay-per-view card. It's a huge platform for uh, an organization. And organizations, if they are fighting on, if they have contracts with the UFC Fight Pass, they're on the premier level of regional promotions. 
So, you know, what are you looking to do from, from here? Are you looking to kind of maybe take a step down, get a little more uh, experience a win or two in a, in a, in a smaller regional before jumping back up to that? to then get noticed to maybe get a shot? What, what are you looking to do? That's a great question. You kind of read my mind, to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but that's kind of more what I have in mind. Um, there's some promotions here around in Colorado, Sparta Combat, Colorado Combat. Um, might be looking to do something like that. There's promotions back home in Iowa, too. Um, haven't really contacted anyone yet, but just focusing on healing first. But, um, yeah, um, that is likely the plan maybe going back a step you know i fought four fights now in lfa went three and one um with and the that's last a major yeah. that's a major promotion man yeah definitely you know the thing with lfa is man it's a it's a huge roll of dice because it's still regional mma right you're not fighting you're not fighting for much money at the top level let alone you know lfa the regional level but you're fighting people who are top level you're fighting people who are also trying to get and, UFC. Anybody, anybody that fights in LFA is a win or two away. Right. The exactly. only way to get to LFA is if you are the cream of the, the crop and there is a huge upside to that person. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that might be the plan. Um, I don't know, though. You know, LFA, I know, has cards every so often. So I keep, I keep all the options available, but I think that's where my head's at. Speaking to Todd Romero the other day, he says that uh, the ex-MMA is like they're talking about you and, and everything. So they want to, from what he says, yeah, they uh, you're you're top of their list. So yeah, well, hopefully they can get something going. They're yeah. supposed to have a show here uh, back in October, but I don't know. They yeah, you, they you were on that one. one. Yeah, I was gonna be, but I I don't know why, but they they fell through. Yeah, he said there was some kind of. I don't know, logistical issues. So money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> it means they didn't get the sponsors they needed yeah, to run right. the promotion. Yes, <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, hopefully that comes through for you. And and what's you know what's your what's your life like now? You know what do you are you you you've got how much time do you have to wait? Do you have to wait? Is there? I don't know how that works. So. I'm pretty sure it's actually weird. I didn't get any uh, paperwork after the fight for uh, suspension and stuff like that. But I'm sure it's like at least like 45 to 60 days, like suspension and stuff like that. Um, as far as life now after the fight, I've uh, all I've really been doing is strength and conditioning three times a week. Just uh, I've came into the gym a couple times to watch sparring, but uh, just focusing on stuff at home, um, trying to grow my own business too. You know, training people. Um, putting a lot of time and energy to that. It's really weird when you're not training two, three times a day, how much energy you have um, <laughs> to devote to other things, dude. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, my, uh, my ankle's getting better uh, probably a few more weeks and um, start slowly ramping up the training, getting back back to that, staying consistent. Do you like to keep and, it on the feet? Are you more of a striker or more of a grappler? So it depends, man. Uh, my background, I started wrestling in high school, so – Starting as an amateur, I was definitely a wrestler, man. Like, would try to always get the fight down. As I got more comfortable with it, you know, depending if I fought like a grappler that had no striking at all, I'd try to like stand with him. But until I moved out here and was like, like met uh, people from Team Elevation, like Corey Sanhagen, Christian Allen, um, guys that like high altitude pound for pound kickboxing that really helped like elevate my El striking. Chepe, isn't, uh, I, I forgot his name, El Chepe. Chepe? Yeah. El Chepe. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, have you refed his fights? I, I, I Believe it or not, I've refed him a few times. For HFC? 
Uh, I've repped them one time for an alliance of a place called uh, an old promotion called Alliance MMA. They've then got swallowed up by okay. some other regional promotion, and then I repped them uh, CFFC. Okay, he cool. actually fought Bryce Mitchell. I repped and, him and, and Pat Sabatini. He beat Pat Sabatini. Split decision. I did not rep that fight, but yeah. that's a huge one. That guy. Yeah. How how he has like six or seven losses on his records beyond me. He is. All, I'm always so thoroughly impressed when I ref this guy. But yet both of the fights I've I've refed him, he's lost. And I walk away saying, that's the greatest fighter I've ever seen lose. Dude, I've said that to people myself. Like, uh, imagine you get like his name, like your manager, whoever says, Hey, we got this guy that wants to fight. You look him up and it says like uh like ten and six or something like that, and you're like, Okay, yeah, yeah, sure, that's a great record. I'll fight him. And then he's standing across the cage from you. Like <laughs> that is that is rough, dude. But a guy I, who on a regional scene has fought Bryce Mitchell and Pat Sabatini, like, yeah. good lord. You could argue he won the Bryce Mitchell fight, too. It was super close. Hey, you know what? I, I ref that fight. This is no joke. I, I, I told him, this is at the CFFC fight, I told him as the ref, I believe he won the Bryce Mitchell fight. Um, they read the cards. They brought the cards. And the way it usually works is the, the commission will tally up the cards. Then they'll, they will then tell the announcer – and the referee kind of simultaneous. So I know whose hand to raise. And they told the announcer and me, and they said, Bryce Mitchell by unanimous, unanimous decision. I said, and this is what I told the commission. I said, retally them. Cause I thought they made an, a, a decision. Now I've watched that fight back a couple times, um, just cause it was an awesome fight. And I do think hindsight being 2020 that Bryce Mitchell won the fight just he, he had back control a little bit longer mm -hmm. and his, his you know but the scrambles in that fight were amazing but i think chepe definitely deserves a shot at some definitely, point man definitely wow okay i want can i switch gears here a little bit because sure. all I, I all i do is sit here and think okay what is it that takes a wrestler um i, I wrestled in high school eric nice I mean, where'd you, where, what, what, did you, what'd you, where'd you start? Yeah, I started wrestling. Okay. So what, what takes guys from wrestling? Cause that's really across the board. What I see, um, to, yeah, I want to go fight. I mean, I got, we, we've got, uh, I got Tucker in here. I mean, he, he's he, I, Tucker. If you're listening, dude, I love you. But when I first saw you swing at a bag or kick at a bag, I was like, Oh my gosh, we have a long road ahead. You have a long road ahead, Tucker. But he's been working with Lance. Yep. I don't know if you worked with him a little bit, but he's he's now uh, graduating, uh, so to speak, out of uh, you know our fitness atmosphere, our fitness gym, and personal training here uh, to a to a fighting gym. And I mean, w w what is it that makes you go, okay, yeah, I wanna I wanna jump in that cage. Okay. You know, I wanna I wanna like because I've boxed. I started boxing at one point and yeah, I took a couple punches and hey I'm no wimp because I've, I've, I've put myself in some scary situations and gotten hurt several times stunts and stuff like that but man to have somebody swing at you when you're saying throwing rounds at you yeah that that to me that's that's what it it looks like to me is you're I mean that you're firing at somebody they're firing at you I, I don't mind firing at somebody but I don't want to get hit. <laughs> and what is that? What is that? So what, what, is, what is it that drives you to go in and work so hard? Maybe this is just a simple question, but hey, for my people in my gym, I, I, I know they're all thinking this. 
So like what started it or what? Yeah. What? Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, from a wrestling. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got you. So for me, <laughs> um, this is going to sound kind of weird, but we, uh, me and another wrestler buddy, uh, we started like a little high school fight club and we had other, other kids like agreed to meet up at like a park location um, one time and uh, everyone showed up. There was like 50 people there, like this huge circle. And uh, the guy that I was going to like fight, he was like in this circle jumping around shirt off, like gloves on when I pulled up to the park. So it was like my first like feel for it. And I just like said I would like I was into like UFC and stuff. So I just said I would. I thought I was like a wrestler, right? And he was like some kid that had a heavy bag in the garage. So he was a striker. <laughs> so so <laughs> we got together the park, dude, like gloves. We had mouthpieces, Vaseline. Uh, went in there, took it. Long story short, took him down and, um, you know, choked him out. But that feeling, those nerves before that were very similar to like fights I've been in now, dude. And that feeling of winning afterwards was like, it was very, it was, it was, I'm still doing it now. That was when I was 17. I'm 30 now. <laughs> so, you know, I'm still, you know, chasing that dragon or whatever you want to call it. But, but I, I guess Ken from like, a, like if you're saying like what, what makes wrestlers transition really good and wrestling, what makes anybody say, I want to go well, it, it, fight. Well, but to your point, I think it's competition, right? Yeah. It's the, in, in, my, in my eyes, fighting is the ultimate form of competition right if you take one step down from that it's wrestling because there's a grit there's a determination there's a work ethic that has to go in if you want to do it in any level of success and with with uh i I always say this about like wrestling jujitsu and mma is like you can't cheat the grind there's no way of cheating that grind in those in those particular sports. The mats don't give a sh- they really don't care how much pure talent you have because like when you get to that four five and even in an amateur wrestling match that six minute mark it's a battle of wills at that point and that's what a lot that's why a lot of wrestlers transition not only the fact that they can take it to the ground and they can tr- control the fight but they have you know guys that are in the UFC now that that came from wrestling growing up they have a thousand competition matches that have led them to that point. They understand the grit that it takes. They're not going to be mentally defeated. And I think that's the biggest thing about how people get into that is they grow up in this, in this firefight of, you know, fight versus flight mentality from a very early age. And you have to be an alpha competition guy to get that. And most highly successful wrestlers all have that embedded into them. That's why I don't want to get in the ring. <laughs> I was not a high level wrestler. That's a really good, really <laughs> good point, Eric. And that that's a way better answer too. Uh, competition, man. Yeah, I wasn't satisfied after I was done wrestling in high school and wanted to keep competing. That's a great way to put it. Well, for me, it was always like, I, okay, I wrestled growing up, then I got into Muay Thai kickboxing. From there, I got into jujitsu, and then it became one day is like. Why am I going to build a, sh- a sword unless I'm going to see how sharp it is? And it wasn't from an aspect of like me trying to look good for a girl or whatever. It became this inner demon that I had in myself that I said, I, I need to prove it to myself, you know? And there's a big difference. This is what everybody says. Oh, I'm, I'm 10 and 0 in the streets. I'm 20 and 0 in the streets. There's a big difference between fighting in the streets and fighting in a cage. Meaning if me and Justin were just to bump each other into a parking lot and we decided to throw down right then and there, that was in the moment, right? If, and so a lot of people can fight in the moment. When you have to sign your name on a contract six, eight weeks out, 
going to bed every single night only thinking about that, watching your weight, training, knowing that the other guy, his only mission is to hurt you. The anxiety that goes along with that is is something that you can't compare it to, can't compare anything to, in my opinion, maybe aside from knowing that you're going into war, right? Mm. But it's the only thing, and that's why a lot of tough guys in the streets will never make it into the cage, will never, and that's where those wrestlers come in, 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 in involved because they have done this from an early age. So they're, everybody's scared. I don't care what you say. Everybody is scared. Everybody is nervous. But can you channel that? And the only way to really properly channel that is to have experience doing it. And a lot of wrestlers have that experience. And that's an overall lesson, right? Experience, practice, the grind day after day. What can you do? What is, you know, what is your potential? Finding that out and, and going through what it takes to find that out is, yeah, sets you apart. And I, I, I look at fighters that way, just, you know, that they, they're, they're kind of like skydivers, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you, you're out there putting your life on the line. I always thought skydivers were the, the, I mean, they were just crazy. And I think of fighters the same way, just crazy. Just they live life on the edge. And, yeah. you know, Justin's one of the most calm people I know. A lot of the skydivers outside of the sky most calm, relaxed people that you that you'd find, you know, other than Eric here, who's, uh, you know, <laughs> wired 24 seven and, you yeah. know, tons of energy and <laughs> over the time. Well, with that being said, I want to ask because I I do understand. I do get his see his disposition. I know a lot of high level fighters and I, I want to ask Justin, you know, kind of some particular questions because. Um, I never fought at the level Justin did. Right. I only fought strictly amateur and, and, and it was really just to, to check boxes for me and myself. And then it came to a point where my current employer was like, you need to make a decision whether you want to stay working here or if you want to show up to work again after you had surgery on a broken hand and yeah. all this. Right. So. But I can safely assume in saying that that you're never satisfied. That's, that's, that's what's driving you. The driving you is to be the ultimate that you could be. Am I correct? Definitely. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a great uh, description, I guess. Yeah. Um, never satisfied. Oh, that's really great. <laughs> I was just talking to someone about that earlier today, actually. That's crazy. Describe that. Can you just, I mean, can you describe your feeling about that? You know, what's your... It's uh, it's it's it seems like it's there's never enough, um, whether it's like skill level, whether adrenaline. Okay, so skill level. Yeah, go ahead. It, when, yeah, for sorry. fighting, for fighting in life, really. I mean, I I, don't, I think uh, anyway. Back to fighting. Um, skill level. Like you, once you reach like a new level of fighting or skill, like you get to this mountain, but then you look up top, there's a even bigger mountain. There's people on top of that mountain. And then there's people past that one. And you're like, I don't know. It's just never enough. Like there, there's never enough time to, there's so much like the, with the sport, right? There's so many aspects. There's wrestling, jujitsu, striking and different aspects of striking. There's only so much time in the day. We all have different responsibilities that, um, yeah, never, never satisfied. Even, even on wins too. A lot of times you see fighters. I'm one of them. Like after they win, they'll, you know, not be happy with fight. Like, Oh, I should have done this. Like that didn't go well. This and that. That's definitely my attitude on that. Yeah. Well, and Eric and I, I, 
I know this from my profession back in the day, being a mascot, being a performer and everything. And Eric does the same thing. Uh, we won't announce that publicly here, but, um, but yeah, it's, you know, even if something goes really well, I can relate with that. Yeah. You always kind of pick it apart and, and a perfectionist will do that. Mm. So a, yeah. a competitor is going to do that. A competitor. Yes. Right. So like, yes. you know, a, a very popular term these days is Mamba mentality, right? That's not Mamba mentality is not unique to Kobe Bryant, right? It's you, it, that is, it, that is either, and I truly believe you are either born with that ultra competitive aspect, not necessarily even against somebody else. Like competition doesn't have to be against somebody else. It could be right. the, to the greatest form that you could possibly be. And so like for me, I'll, I'll, I'll put, put it in my perspective is I'm a brown belt in jujitsu. Okay. I started doing jujitsu not until I was, you know, 30 years old. And then I'm like, okay, I just want to attain a blue belt. Then I like to you say that next mountaintop, I got my blue belt. And then you get the blue belt blues. Everybody goes away once they get their blue belt. And I'm like, hell no. And then I want to be a purple belt. I became a purple belt world champion. I, I won pans as a purple belt. And then I, I, I got to brown belt. I want to try and recreate that. I, I finished second at Nogi, uh, Nogi Worlds at brown oh, belt. Man. And I'm like, hell, hell no. Yeah. Like, I cannot be satisfied with that. Yeah. And then, not to say my accolades, but it, it has nothing to do with an opponent at all. Like I want to get to, I want to win everything I can at brown belt. Then I want to get to a black belt because that just, that inner drive is something I'm born with and I can't turn it off. If jujitsu and competition is taken away from me, I'm going to try and be the best damn chess player there has ever been in the history of this world. Yes, it's sir. just, it's just in me. Did you just compete in the ones a few weeks ago? Well, uh, the worlds, or was that the no no so i, I competed in pans of, that was about two months ago okay. okay i was in dallas but nogi world just happened last weekend yeah. in long beach unfortunately i was not able to make that just because my work schedule wouldn't allow it but okay. um but last year brown belt uh last year at nogi worlds that was in dallas i competed at that one nice second man sucks it's the worst man <laughs> it's so close you're not like, first you're last dude, dude. <laughs> oh i hate it man i Jeez. gotta go fast wow well justin i'm 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 really you know honored to have you a part of our team here at the gym and uh you got such a great future that i'm excited for your next fight and and Justin, I could probably get you booked on some cards out out this way, out in the south, if you're if you're willing, if you're up for traveling, you know. Too, yeah, we'll man. exchange I, uh, information after this. Yeah, I've had a lot of connections with matchmakers out here, and uh, you know, you know, there's some good fighters down here, but you know, you know, a lot of people haven't seen you, so you know, it could be you know, prime for the picking for, for to pick up with some of those other W's that you would need to get back to you know to being on the cusp of the show. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, man. Let's uh, let's exchange after this. Can, can I can I can I make one point? And I, yeah, I think absolutely. I think we've really understated this. That uh, you know, somebody like Justin, fighting on cards that are like LFA or fighting on cards that are on L uh, that are on UFC Fight Pass, like he is in the top one percent of fighters in this world, right? The top half, uh, the top ten percent of one percent are in the UFC. He is right there. So the the level of competition. And the level that Justin is fighting at is he is he fighting on LFA and cards like that are the dreams of amateur fighters and the dreams of low level private uh, 
pro fighters, even getting to an LFA is getting to the pinnacle for 99.9% of fighters out there. So for Justin to have a three and one in LFA and then fighting on other fight cards that are on UFC fight pass, uh, he might not think it, but that's the pinnacle of this sport. Like Justin is, is literally already at the pinnacle of this sport. He's just got one more hurdle to go before he's, you know, under the brightest of bright lights, but those LFA and those cards he's on right now, it, I mean, that's the show that is, that's, essentially triple a baseball like you have to be the top one percent even to get to triple a baseball so that's where justin's at right now and i don't think we did a proper job really explaining how high level justin is fighting right now man i appreciate you saying that that's that's so true and very well put me too man uh, that's I mean, exactly what i've called it too uh I, to people that don't understand the sport i just like you know baseball lfa that's like triple a so yeah awesome. appreciate it man uh, if you want to see Justin Moore, you can follow him on uh, Instagram. Uh, Jay Wetzel, just J-W-E-T-Z-E-L-L-M-M-A. Instagram, that's usually where I'm at, guys. Check yeah, me out. Yeah, 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 for sure. And uh, Eric, thanks for jumping on here. Wait, Ken, I, I don't get to plug my stuff? Come on, Ken. Come on, I thought you got the you early did. plug, right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you... No, hit Come me, on, hit me. Follow hit. me at e under, on Twitter, E underscore Mac Life. Or follow me on Instagram at EricMCM80. E underscore MacLife or EMCM80 e for the IG. Awesome. Look at me, man. All about Justin here. It's all about Justin. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm studying like a milli rocket. Skin clear, still look young. Andy Miller knocking money in my pocket. Don't call me a money pocket. Engine get to rocket. It sound like a thunder rocket. Yeah, I still love my baby even when it's toxic. Crazy like she Britney, but no, she don't shade the knock. Russell was.